your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I know I was getting a whole lot of heat in my mentions on the Locked On uh, Penguins Twitter about, you know, my last episode, which touched on Jared McCann and how uh, they didn't have to galaxy brand it. You know, I guess I'll eat a little bit of crow on that because uh, they did indeed, I think, galaxy brain in a way you know i think alex stevens from the uk just made a funny meme about it so just you know not having a good time throughout this weekend that's for sure but we are finally bringing back josh yoey from the athletic after um not being able to get on last week um well one hope your ankle is okay and i hope you're staying busy throughout the off season it was a little quiet at first i think but now it's really starting to ramp up and rightfully so how you doing man well first of all um uh, just a message for everyone. Don't be stupid like me. Do not wear flip-flops on escalators at the mall. Very bad <laughs> things can happen. Uh, it's too bad that uh, nobody had their cameras out when I went tumbling down the escalator. It must have been an unbelievable scene. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, people weren't able to see it. But I am, I am all recovered now, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're all good. Well, luckily, it's nothing like a broken ankle or a huge sprain or anything like that. But, you know. <laughs> At least, you know, we're getting into the big stuff of the offseason, a whole lot to get to for this. I guess let's just, you know, let's get right into it. Josh, I was not surprised at the first five fours that were protected. You have the big four capping in. And then, you know, you get to those, those last two spots. And those could have went to a whole bunch of different players. I guess we'll just start with the obvious, you know, the trade here. Why did they feel the need to trade Jared McCann when they could have just lost him in expansion and then not have to lose another player in expansion, which is about to happen right now? I just think the asset management with that was very poor. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, if you weren't, I understand you you tried to maybe get something back for him. It's not that big of a package. But if you were going to protect Bluger um, and Carter all along, why not just leave him exposed and hope that maybe he's not taken in favor of someone like, Zucker or Aston Reese. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense I, to me. Yeah, I thought it was pretty strange myself. I still do. I haven't had a chance to speak with Ron Hextall yet. He is uh, apparently speaking with the media at some point in the next day or two. Hmm. I assure you he will be asked about that. I am a Jared McCann fan. Yeah. Um, I I don't think he's a great player, but I think he's a good one. And for $2.9 million, I thought he was something of a bargain. I thought he was one of their four or five best forwards last season. Yeah. Um, you can say, well, he didn't do much in the playoffs. Well, okay, a lot of people didn't do much in the playoffs. That That's a six-game sample against a really good defensive team. That happens. Um, McCann was so valuable last season. And more than anything, when Crosby or Malkin are hurt, you can make him your, your second-line center. And he has really thrived there. And another question, what do you do on the power play now? Uh, Evgeny Malkin's not ready to start the season. And I, I would guess he's going to miss months, not weeks, to start the season. So if that's the case, now you're without McCann as well, who was such a weapon on the power play last year. So I thought he was something of a bargain, uh, especially for what he did last season. I was very surprised by the move. I understand it will help them a little bit in terms of flexibility under the cap, but I don't think you're going to get a player in free agency for $3 million a year that can 
bring the things to the table that Jared McCann brings. So I, I don't agree with the decision, although I, I will let the whole plan unfold here and, and let's see what Ron Hextall does over the next 10 days. But it, it was surprising to me. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the fans what I've seen on Twitter, you know, they're kind of upset, you know, myself included a little bit, just that, I mean, you know, they're they're choosing Teddy Bluger over Jared McCann, who is not as good offensively, is a bit older. You know, are they making the wrong decisions asset-wise with their roster? You know, are they are they prioritizing the wrong things, you know, to make them a Stanley Cup contender? And, you know, maybe it's too early to say that. I still think it's a weird decision. He has one of the best – I think he has arguably the best shot on the team. Um, well, he did before he got traded. Um, and, you know, to your earlier point – so is that Malkin injury, it sounds like it's a lot more serious than what was reported with that knee, and he might miss months to open the season, which is, I have not read that yet, so that sounds well, pretty bad. Was, from what I've heard, it wouldn't surprise me, and they have been uh, very vague, very uh, very mm. gray, we will say, about the, you know this injury, but we know he won't be ready for the start of camp. Uh, they've come out and said that much, and from what I have heard, you know, the, you know, he'll be back at some point during the season, mm. but it might be a significant chunk of time. This this is a legitimate knee injury that he is dealing with um, in terms of recovery time. So, yeah, I mean, you have to at least assume he will be out for a part of the season. And, and that really brings us back to the whole Jeff Carter thing. And I know a lot of people are upset that Carter was protected. And I understand it because you could look at it objectively from Seattle's standpoint and say, they probably weren't going to take a 36-year-old guy who has one year left on his deal might retire at that point. I don't even know if Carter would have been willing to play in Seattle. But the Penguins, from what I've been able to ascertain, have been borderline paranoid that Seattle was going to take him. They love Jeff Carter. I mean, they, they weren't willing to let him go. They'd rather lose a Tanov or a Zach Aston Reese before they lose Jeff Carter. And I think it's two things. They love the guy. And, and I get it. You can't deny what he did. But also, I think that tells you they are bracing for Malkin to be out for a, for a serious chunk of time. And, you know, and that also explains why you'd want to protect Teddy Bluger. Um, yeah. You know, don't have much at center after Crosby if Malkin's out for a while. So I think that's it. But uh, it, it wasn't an easy decision for them, I don't think. You could have made three or four different arguments regarding what they should have done. I read Twitter like everyone else. <laughs> everyone on Twitter seems to know exactly what they should have done. It, it's, it wasn't an easy choice, but they weren't willing to lose Carter. That much was very clear to me. Yeah, and, and you know, looking at most of this list, I would have been fine if they honestly did the big four, Kapanen, Carter, and McCann, because I think, you know, even with Malkin out, they could run down Crosby, Carter, McCann, and I would feel com- more comfortable with that than Crosby, Carter, Bluger. That's just my opinion. And then... You know, you have Seattle take one of the fourth line guys. You know, I'm of the opinion that the fourth line is the easiest for place in hockey. There's a lot of really good free agents out there on the market this year compared to last year. I know it's a flat cap, but I mean, there's some good bargain deals I think that could be struck on this free agent market. I touched on Yoel Armia. Um, yeah. A couple, there's a couple others out there that I know I've talked about before, as well. I mean, that that's what I would have done personally, but you know, I'm not the general manager. I'm not the president of hockey operations. So, well, yeah, I've always believed that when you're constructing a hockey team, you worry about the first line before the fourth line, yeah. and you worry about the second line before the fourth. That's not a knock on the fourth line, but those are the guys I'd want to take care of. And Jared McCann, I don't know where he was going to fit. Maybe that was always an issue with him. You know, they did pick him up to be their third-line center. He's never really 
been great in that role. To me, McCann has been at his best when he's the second line center, when Crosby and Malkin, Crosby and Malkin are hurt, or when he plays on the left side, which is actually where I kind of like him. Um, so maybe they didn't know where he fit, but still, that's a legitimate top six player. And those are harder to find, especially at $2.9 million a year. Like you said, you can find a fourth liner. I like Zach Aston Reese. He's a solid player. I really like Brandon Tanev. Maybe I don't love his contract, but I, I still think he's a dynamic fourth mm-hmm. line player. Teddy Bluger, really good two way center, a wonderful fourth line center. But you can find those out there. You can yeah. replace those guys. Losing McCann at three million a pop, that to me, it strikes me as a problem. And I, I'm really curious to hear what Ron Hextall has to say. And it could be, listen, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but maybe the Penguins are trying to clear more salary than we think. Uh, maybe everything they said about Tristan Jari at the end of the season uh, should be taken with a grain of salt. Maybe they do want to bring in a big-time goaltender who makes a little more money. I don't know who it is. I don't know if that's the plan, but that's certainly something we have to consider because they're not going to come out and just say that. Uh, we, we will base it on their actions more on their, than on their words, I think. And it wouldn't shock me if that's the case. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into the goaltending talk, I'm sure, um, late, later in this episode because, you know, I obviously have a whole bunch of questions. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can replace, you know, his level of production, what he does in the defensive zone for $2.9 million per yeah. um, on, on the free agent market. It's going to be very hard. It creates a big hole in the lineup. And, again, Josh, you know, now you're going to still lose an extra player when you could have just lost one and not have to make a, a silly trade. I guess I'll just – Never understand that. Uh, real quick, before we do get to the commercial break, another thing that popped out to me on the list wasn't the, the goalie that was protected. I think that was, you know, one of them was going to be exposed, whatever. Um, was there a reasoning, or was there a reason why they protected Mike Matheson over everyone? Because I guess they're maybe saying, like, we can't move his contract, you know, five, four more years, whatever, at $4.8 million per. Mm-hmm. Played good down the stretch. Um, is it more of just them picking a random one to protect over Pedersen or CeCe? Or was it just something else? From what I have heard, people might not like hearing this, but from what I've heard, they really like Matheson. And they feel like his confidence was really fragile when he got here. And I was actually told that they they basically protected him. They knew they weren't going to lose him one way or the other. Mm -hmm. They knew Seattle wasn't interested in his contract. Basically just to give him a little rub on the back and say, hey, hey man, we like you. We we want you here. But that's really all it was because – it didn't matter who the third defenseman yeah. was. I mean, I, I've talked with some people who thought they might protect Friedman, which sounds insane, but they want Marcus Pedersen to get selected. And they, they like Marcus okay, but they'd love to get his contract off the books. Yeah. You could slide Theo Joseph right in there for $3 million a year less. That would be a huge win for the Penguins. So, of yeah. course, they wouldn't leave him protected. And from what I've heard, that Matheson, there's just no way Seattle was going to take him. And also, the Penguins kind of like him. Like he played better than they were expecting. He's not polished necessarily. He's not a perfect, you know, finished product. But he did more good than bad last season for the Penguins, and I, I think they're kind of excited about him. To be honest with you, I think the biggest thing is if that contract was for two more years of four point eight, I yeah. really wouldn't right. give a damn. But the fact that it's like five more years and it's oh, basically unmovable yeah. at this point. No one, I don't think, is taking that contract. I think Jim really. No. Hemmed, well, hemmed the team in 
with that deal with Patrick Hornquist, I don't think Ron is ever going to get out of that deal. I'm sure he would love to at some point. I mean, that's sure. just for the cap space, obviously. They can bring in someone cheaper, but um, that's just not going to happen, I don't think. You know, and he, they are right. I think he did play really well down the stretch, um, but we'll see how he does next season. Um, with another person on his pairing, because I think it's unlikely right now that Cody Cece is coming back. I think he's kind of earned himself his payday uh, going into free agency. So, um, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Cody can play any better than he played last season. He was terrific, yeah. good for him, but somebody's going to grossly overpay him this summer. Yeah. I have a feeling. <laughs> so, yeah, so, someone will give him a good contract. Um, they will put him in the top four or something, and it's going to be pretty interesting to watch. Um, still have a lot more to get to. For this episode, you know, before we do get to our next segment, it is time to talk about Bilt Bar. They have many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan. They're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know a few of them, mint brownie, raspberry, double chocolate, my favorite, the cookies and cream. Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. A lot of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all t- tasty and all healthy. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. Um, we're not done with the expanded talk just yet, Josh, before we do get to some other stuff. I did want to ask you, you know, what is your gut telling you on who you think Seattle will take? I, I think right now for me, it's Aston Reese. I think they will take him off Pittsburgh's hands. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Pedersen or Zucker, especially with Zucker. If he has a good year, they can eat half his salary and trade him to a contender, and they'll probably get a decent return back for him. But I think, you know, what after what Ronnie Francis said, they want some cap flexibility. Aston Reese on his new contract will get, what, a million, a million and a half per, something like that. It's not going to be as much as Bluger. I think he's the pick. What, what, what say you? I would say that is the most likely scenario. Uh, you know he's a solid bottom six player. Um, from everything I've heard about the way Seattle is building this team, they are using analytics pretty heavily. And he is certainly an analytics darling. He has some of the best defensive analytics in the game. They will like that. I would think they could get him at 1.5 a year probably. So, yeah, I think he's the most likely guy to go. Um, listen, Brandon Tanev is a possibility. I realize a lot of people don't like his contract. And the problem with Tanev, to me, it's not even the $3.5 million. It's the four years left. He's almost 30 now. It would help uh, the Penguins played. if they took him, which is just saying. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Well, I mean, Tanev, you know, he plays like a maniac, too, yeah. so he gets hurt a lot. And I respect the way he plays, but he's not a guy who's going to give you 82 games a season. I think he's a better player than Zach Aston Reese. I think most people think that. But when you look at the complete product, when you see the – you know, the number or the salary that Aston Reese is going to play for, he's a little bit younger as well. I would guess that will make him more attractive to Seattle. I think he's the favorite. Pedersen and Zucker, their possibilities, it really all depends on the contractual structure uh, that Seattle is going to go with. We, we don't, listen, if they're going to go get Carey Price, and we're all hoping for that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, how great would that be? I'm not saying they are, but what, if they do, then obviously they're going to go with a guy like Aston Reese. They're going to need some cheaper players. I don't know what other high-priced players they're going to get. 
we will find out. So I think Aston Reese is the most likely, then probably Tanov, then Pedersen. I won't say Zucker's impossible, though. I mean, is he a little overpaid? Yeah, I think so. But is he probably a better player than what we've seen during his time in Pittsburgh? Maybe. I don't think he has any chemistry with Crosby or Malkin. I, I just don't see it. And, and I think that's been his issue. But he's still a guy who will score you 20-plus goals a year. And I know the word leadership is the most overused word in hockey, but they're going to need a captain. They're going to need some veteran guys on what could be a younger team. And he is a very highly regarded guy for what that's worth. So I wouldn't discount the possibility, but of those four guys, it's certainly one of those four. And I think Czar, um, mainly because of his contract, is the most likely to go. Yeah, and as you said, you know, he has he, he doesn't have some of the best defensive metrics on the team. He has some of the best defensive metrics um, league wide. Yeah. You could have given him some Selkie trophy votes, uh, to be honest with you, with how good he was. Um, this season, you know, you're not going to wow you with his scoring, you know, or his playmaking ability, but mm-hmm. with what he does, uh, with suppressing shots at an elite rate, um, with how, you know, analy- analytically driven Seattle is, um, I yeah. definitely think he is going to be the pick. Switching gears a little bit, Josh, you know, touching on the, the goaltending a little bit. I wasn't surprised that Jari was protected. I also don't think it means a lot going into next season. You know, none of what the Penguins do this offseason matters if they don't address the elephant in the room, which is getting another goaltender. I mean, Matt Murray was really good after Flurry left for a couple years, went downhill. You know, Jari, really good last year. You know, now he's gone downhill after a so-so regular season. You know, maybe it has to do with Mike Buckley still being employed. I have no idea why he's still there. I guess that's now two goaltenders under his watch that have regressed. I just I don't understand that. But, um do they do the Penguins have that mentality in mind this offseason that you know getting an upgrading goal is the biggest priority? And if so, do you think it's whether do you think it's via a, a sign from free agency or a trade? Uh, yeah, they have identified that as their number one problem. It's also the hardest area to fix in the National Hockey League. You don't see many goaltender trades. You have to give up a lot to get one, but. It's clearly an issue. Uh, ask yourself this, Hunter. Can, can you imagine, you know, 10 months from now, Tristan Jari winning 16 playoff games, leading the Penguins to glory? No. I, I can't. I don't think they can either, no matter what they say. Casey DeSmith is a very good backup. I don't think he's starter quality material. Um, yeah, they would love to really make a splash and get a, a legit big-time number one goalie. Who that is, I don't know. I don't think they know. I think a trade is more likely because I don't really think that guy is out there in the free agency market, and they don't really have much money to spend anyway in the free agent market. Let's be let's be honest. They would have to clear some salary to make that happen. So they would love, from what I've been told, to go out and find somebody out there. I, I'll throw out a name just to be fun. Now, I, I don't expect this to happen, right? But I, I know John Gibson's not particularly happy in Anaheim right now. He's not. And I know he's from here, so, oh, oh, he's from here. Well, okay, he is. He's also a great goalie. They would love to get him, but the question is, how much are you willing to give up for someone like John Gibson? Are you willing to trade a Tristan Jari and a Jake Kensel and a P.O. Joseph to get him? Because it might take something like that. Uh, that, That's just the way it is. But but you can look at, at the playoffs right now, the playoffs, these past playoffs, rather, this season, and look at which teams thrived. It was the teams with Vasilevsky and, and with Carey Price and with Flurry. Um, those, those were the teams that, that came through. And I don't think that's coincidental. I, 
I truly believe the league is more even than it's ever been. And because of that, goaltending often is what puts you over the top. And and I think the Penguins are one of the best teams in the league this season. I They finished for, I think, the sixth best record in hockey. Yep. And I don't think that was phony. I think they were really good. And I think their goaltending absolutely destroyed them in the playoffs. They should have won that series against the Islanders. And look at what the Islanders did the rest of the spring. That was a really good team. And they should have beaten them. They clearly outplayed them most of that series. You have to be better in that position. I don't know how they go about doing it, but I have to think. And I've been told that Ron Hextall is really trying to do something. Yeah, and to your point, you know, there are some okay options in free agency. You know, Linus Omark from Buffalo, Peter Morozik from Carolina, who I thought played well with Nedeljkovic there. Uh, if you want to go out and get Darcy Kemper from Arizona, Antti Ronce is a free agent. I know he's been banged yep. up, but he's not bad. There are some options out there. You know, that that's the the market is going to be fascinating. Heck, you know, I'm not saying flurry. Robin Leonard, I mean, that would make sense too if you want to go get him. Um, because I know Bill Foley, it sounds like really likes Slurry. He wants him to retire in Vegas. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he'll I don't know if the management will ever have his blessing to trade him. So yeah, I mean, it is their biggest problem. You're right. It is why they were eliminated. I thought they played their asses off against New York. They dominated territorially. Even if you didn't even look at the numbers, you could just tell by watching that they outplayed them basically um, that entire series. Uh, speaking more about, you know, just obviously free agency is coming up. Do they want to be players for another position? Do they want to go get a forward? You know, I wrote about it last week for a site. You know, I think they should be in on bidding for Tomas Tatar. I think someone is going to get a bargain with him. He's not going to want to cash out. He was benched a lot this season, but he put up some of the best underlying numbers in hockey. And he's, he's been a, basically a 20-goal scorer um, throughout his entire career. Do they want to clear some space to go out and sign a forward, or is just mo- is this mostly this offseason going to be about trades? They might do something in free agency. Uh, I'm a big Tatar fan as well, by the way. I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, I've always been a big fan of his. I always feel like he's one of those guys who's just been undervalued around the league for some reason. Um, but you know how it is when Brian Burke and Ron Hextall talk. You don't hear about you know small skilled players like Tatar. You. You hear that they want to add some muscle to this lineup, that they want to be a little more abrasive to play against, which doesn't necessarily have to be a you know, 6'6", 240-pound guy. Um, when, I, when I think of abrasiveness and tough to play against, I think of a Chris Kunitz type, somebody like not necessarily a big guy. Um, so Tatar wouldn't really fit that mold. I, I think they do want to get bigger, and, and that's a slippery slope. Um, you don't want to get away from the identity of your team which is still speed, skill, Crosby, Malkin, we all know that. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how things unfold this summer. They don't have the money right now to do much of anything yeah. in free agent. They really don't. Even getting McCann off the books, they, they can't really make any kind of a splash. Um, that's why, you know, when the expansion draft comes, uh, Ron Hextall has said, you know, he, he's not really going to make a deal with them. Like, yeah. here's a couple of draft picks, take this guy. If I were Hextall, I'd think about it. I mean, and I realize he has precious few assets to, to part with as it is. But how much of a difference would it be for the Penguins if Seattle took Zucker or Pedersen? All of a sudden, then you can make a trade if you want. You can go on the free agency market and really get someone that you covet. That's the only problem. If you lose Aston Reese, it's only a million bucks. I know he's an RFA, but 
you know, that that doesn't really help them financially at all. And I feel like it would make the McCann decision even more curious because you already had a, a guy who was a good player at a good rate at that point. So I, the next few days really are going to be very interesting. Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, and say they take someone like Zucker, that's five and a half million off and say they want to trade Pedersen to open up a spot for P.O. Joseph. That's almost 10 million in salary right there. And you yep. sign Aston Reese for a million, million and a half. You still have 8 million in salary cap space to play with. And, you know, for a, a team that's up against the cap every year in the Sid Gino era, you can add two to three players um, under that, I think, on for, for cheap contracts. I, I really do believe that, you know, especially a goalie. You want to go out and get a forward. Um, I don't know if they're going to get another defenseman. I think they might just elevate Chad Ruedel. Um, But I, I think that would make a world, uh, just a world of difference. And I'm assuming they are going to try to move some salary out even after the expansion draft, Josh? They absolutely want to. The one problem they're going to run into is that so many teams in the past year and a half since COVID hit have just been hemorrhaging money. Yeah, uh, A lot of teams don't want to spend to the salary cap right now. They don't want to take on additional contracts. Uh, five years ago, it was a lot easier. Two years ago, it was a lot easier to get rid of those guys than it is right now. This is a big problem for the Penguins. Uh, yes, they would love to shed some salary. We know who the bad contracts are on this team. They're not necessarily bad players. You can have a good player who is still overpaid. Yeah, I thought it was good last season. He's still overpaid. Marcus Pedersen's okay. He's overpaid. Even Tanov, and I love Tanov. I, I, I still, I know you and I disagree a little bit on the four. I think he's the guy who makes that line go. I really do. He's still, it's not a great contract. And that's what happens when you, have to sign guys in free agency, you end up overpaying. And that's exactly what happened. And Zucker is probably the worst contract of all because he just hasn't been the guy they thought they were getting. So yes, they would love to get rid of probably at least two of those contracts. And if they could do that, that changes everything for them. And they are able then to make a dent in free agency, really help out this roster because listen, I still think this is a really good team, but the fact is Crosby and Latang are another year older. Malkin's going to miss a chunk of time. As great as Jeff Carter was, he's not going to score 13 goals in his first 20 games this year like he did last. Yeah, that's not happening. Sorry. That's not going to happen. You lost McCann now. So there are issues. I mean, there absolutely are. This isn't some, you know, can't miss roster right now. It needs some help. And I I don't envy Ron Hextall right now. It's kind of a mess of a situation because of the cap, because you've got, what, a third round pick and two seventh rounds in the draft. There's nothing coming anytime soon from this draft. Um, they, they don't have much in the way of prospects. I'll tell you one thing we're not talking about though. Um, Samuel Poulin and Nathan Laguerrier. Yeah. One of those guys needs to do something this season at the NHL level. I, I believe and maybe they will. They have the talent to do it. One of those guys has to make some kind of an impact with the Penguins. That would really, really go a long way toward helping them. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if they're given a shot to make the team. I think Hollander at some point is going to yeah. be given a shot. You know, I've seen him rank as one of the top three prospects in the system now, now that he's back. So that'll help. But yeah, I mean, they, they need something, you know, to replace some of the depth that they're about to lose this offseason, whether that's a trade or a signing in free agency. Uh, they need to continue to win the moves around the edges because I think that's one of the biggest things um, a team can do to win the Stanley Cup in today's era. I mean, you saw what happened with Tampa Bay these last few years. They have the core pieces, but they have the right players around them that can step up and score and play well defensively when their top players are not performing that well. 
And that also yep. happened in 2016 with the Penguins as well. So, well, yeah, I mean, that's, listen, you, you can have a great core yeah. and the Penguins still do, but you're exactly right. In 2016, what would the Penguins have been without Nick Benino and Carl Haglin and Connor Sherry and Matt Cullen? Uh, you know, all of those guys had so many big moments for those Penguins in both of those years. That's just the way it works. And, you know, in 2018, they get Derek Broussard. He's a bomb with the Penguins, and, and that's what happens. As great as Crosby and Malkin are, and they're two of the greats of all time, they're not getting any younger, and they can be stopped in the playoffs. We've seen it. McDavid and Matthews and Ovechkin can be stopped in the playoffs. Um, hockey really is the ultimate team sport, and sometimes we obsess about third and fourth liners and seventh defensemen and backup goalies, but you know what? It, it does go a long way. Now, maybe if they could cheat the salary cap the way the Lightning did, they'd be okay. <laughs> maybe they'll just do that with Gino. Like, Gino, we'll see you April 10th, buddy. What do you say? I don't really think they will do that, but um, that that certainly made it a little easier. Would be a Bulls. would be a shrewd move, you know. I, I wish the NHL would, you know, close that loophole, but I don't think they care, especially because it was started by Patrick Kane all those years ago when he missed right. the season with the broken collarbone. So I don't really think that they care, you know, which is just unfortunate anyway. Um, yes. Still, still have a little more to get to coming up in the next segment. Before we do that, it's time to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all of the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code. Locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. All the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, just to go around the league a little bit, Josh, and some other miscellaneous questions. Um, I did see today. Um, sounds like the regular season schedule is going to be announced in a couple days. Um, do we have any idea what the playoff format is going to be next year? I keep I read earlier a couple months ago that it was they were thinking about one versus eight. They were thinking about divisional playoffs. Is that still up in the air or are they like kind of just going to go back to the old thing from before? Well, first of all, from what I've heard, the schedule should be released on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I think the day before the draft that that sounds like that's the league's plan. And God knows that's subject to change because for what, and I realize it's not an easy job to make an NHL schedule, but man, they they certainly do prolong it to ridiculous levels. Uh, there, it's not a big deal in Pittsburgh because I sell it every game, but, for places that really need to sell tickets like Florida and Dallas, it's really nice to have that schedule out a little earlier. But I've heard Thursday. Um, I can tell you the regular season format uh, should go back to normal. Oh. In other words, the Penguins will be playing in every arena. Uh, they will play the Western Conference once at home, once on the road. Uh, they will play three times against the Atlantic Division. I believe, assuming they're going back to the way the rotation should, they'll probably – only play in Florida and Tampa once this season, and they'll have them at home twice, and I think they'll play in Toronto and Montreal, Ottawa two times each, I believe. Um, as for the playoff format, I haven't heard of any changes. I'm, I'm guessing for now uh, the plan is just to stick to the divisional playoffs in the first two rounds like they have been. I don't know that, though, that they, they could certainly make a change here at the last second. It has been discussed. Personally, I would love to see one versus eight, two versus yeah. seven. I think it's so much better. Like, it's just, I'm so tired of the same playoff matchups every year. I think it's dumb. Uh, I would love to see it 
go back to that way. And I can tell you probably 90% of the players I ask about it feel the same. Mm-hmm. And I think the fans feel the same as well. So we will see. I, I wish the league would do that. I think the divisional stuff gets a little overblown. I can only see the Islanders play so much. I have reached my, uh, my, my quota, but um, yeah, I have, I haven't heard that they're going to change anything officially, but if we're going to find out, it will be in the next few days. Well, at least the Nassau Coliseum is out now for good. We don't have, you don't have to go back to that building anymore, <laughs> um, Josh. But yeah, just I mean, <laughs> I, I think I want to see maybe one more Penn's Cap series just to cap it all off. And, and then after that, I'm done playing them. I don't need to see Tom Wilson and all them uh-huh. anymore. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the same matchups are kind of tiring. Um, I love to see a Penguins-Tampa Bay series with everyone healthy. I think that would be just awesome hockey with both cores um going at it you know the, the, now just talking about you know the free agency as a whole I, I don't know if you saw this contract today uh barkley goudreau is going to the new york rangers for six years at 3.6 million per basically making the brandon tanev contract look like a steal yep. um is this what it's going to be like for all free agency and how the penguins should be cautious going into this because teams are gonna throw money around like it's no one else's business i mean if he if he's getting that What's Blake Coleman going to get? What, what's Gabriel Landeskog or someone like that going to get? It's huh. just, is this how it's going to be with teams throwing around money? I, I think the Penguins would want to be careful. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, there are well-run organizations and there are organizations that are not well-run. Uh, the Rangers make a lot of questionable decisions and they are one of those teams that sometimes just can't control themselves when it comes to spending money. <laughs> I, like, I think he's a good bottom six player, but that's a ridiculous contract. Um, you know, it's funny. I've asked Jim Rutherford about Tanev's contract, and he told me, he said, I didn't want to give him six years, but that's literally the only way I was going to get him because other teams were offering him five years, and that, that's what happens. Uh, you will recall Rob Scuderi's second go-around with Pittsburgh, his, his infamous second go-around. All we remember oh. now is the trade for Trevor Daly that Rutherford pulled off that I think cemented his Hall of Fame uh, plaque in Toronto, but before then, Ray Shiro gave him a four-year contract yeah. when he was getting older. It was unbelievable that he gave him that deal. And I, I spoke with Ray after his press conference to announce it. I said, four years? And he looked at me. He said, Christ, I didn't want to give him four years, but it's all I could do. It's the only way I could get him. That's why you don't get free agents too often. I, I know fans always get excited for July 1st or this year is July 28th for free agency. Mm-hmm. The teams that make splashes that day – they don't make splashes in May and June. They, they just don't. It's not a good way to build your team. Every now and then, sure, you can get a piece here and there that really does help your team. But you got to be smart about it. And the teams that overpay on that day almost never, ever win. And that contract from the Rangers, it's a classic example. Oh, we've got a young team of talent. That guy's a Stanley Cup champion. Let's go get him. Like, this doesn't always work that way. And, and you, you're just giving that term and that kind of money to a bottom six forward. I mean, it just, it doesn't work out that often. I mean, you know, sure, Brantano kind of got the same deal, but his metrics are better and he's a much better overall player. You know, that that's the biggest thing there. I mean, Goudreau is just a guy who he's gritty, he blocks shots, and he's a Stanley Cup champion. You know, you're going to pay pay so much to get him just because you think he's the one, a big piece of why Tampa Bay won the Cup and not, you know, yeah. having four superstars on every line, basically. Right. It, it, and the, also the best goaltender on the planet as How about well. that? <laughs> yeah, so um, unless I'm forgetting anything, this that might wrap up this episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Josh. I, I really do appreciate it. 
Um, this should be an interesting summer. You know, I'm really excited to see where this team goes. I'm definitely a bit bummed out after the McCann trade, but I'm willing to let this all play out, see what this grand plan of Hextalls <laughs> is. And, you know, I, I still think they should be a playoff team next season, but the division uh, should be interesting. Um, that's for sure. You can clearly see what the good teams are and where the bad teams are. Yeah, no question. Uh, always a pleasure, Hunter. And the next 10 days will be interesting. I think Ron Hextall is a really bright guy. I, But this is kind of a whole new world uh, for Hextall being in charge of the Penguins. We don't know what he's going to do to exactly. Uh, Jim Rutherford would pretty much just come out and tell you whether you agreed with it or not. It's just what he would do. Yeah. Uh, there, There is an air of mystery with the Penguins right now. So, uh, sorry, I was watching Rocky and had it on pause, and it just came on really loud. So you heard Rocky. <laughs> background but um it's going to be interesting uh, the next 10 days we all love the off season um so uh, yeah from now until the end of july it's going to get a little wild i have a feeling so looking forward to it we, we call it silly season for a reason man everyone yeah. just throws money around they, they make weird right. decisions i i always love in the expansion draft when the list came out which teams and organizations get it and which teams don't get it and, and you saw you know, you saw how they evaluate their players and, you know, definitely some questionable runs out there, you know, especially with um, the team on Long Island, but we already touched on that a little bit. But again, man, thank you so much. Really great insight on the Penguins and their plans. And I look forward to doing this with you, um, hopefully before the season starts again. All right, Hunter. Always a pleasure, my friend. Take care. Yeah, you too, man. Again, thank you to everyone for listening to this episode and we'll do another one of these tomorrow.